So we are beginning this incredible series um, uh, on, on constructing Christmas. And I say incredible, not because of the words I say, but because of the storyline that God has written. God has had been constructing Christmas all the way through, since creation. And you can even see signs of, of where God has been giving hints of constructing. The, he's laying out the blueprint of, um, uh, of this Christmas story. He has built the foundation and uh, the, the framework and everything. And he is taking this, this uh, Christmas idea, and, and it's not just something that was a, on a whim. Hey, Jesus, why don't, you, why don't you go down to the world and save them from their sin? This is something that God had been planning for a long, long time. You know, and he's been communicating uh, with us throughout his word. You know, on this side of Jesus, where we, where we live, and, and, and we have the full God's word, we can see clearly what God had been doing. But God, throughout humanity, has been trying to communicate with us. Before Jesus came, in the, came into the world, he communicated with us uh, through prophets and through circumstances and, and signs and wonders. And he communicated with us on that rather than coming down into the earth uh, before Jesus came. And I can almost... Uh, the best analogy I can create is in when a mother is carrying a child uh, when she's pregnant. It's almost like the idea that a mother uh, communicating with her baby. I mean, obviously the baby is not in the world yet. It's in her womb. And she can't, uh, she can't talk to the baby to, to the point where the baby understands because it's more like, you know, because the baby's like swimming in liquid, you know? And so the, the mother tries to communicate, but the mother takes care of the baby, okay? Feeds the baby. And, and so it's, it's like God speaking to us throughout humanity. He takes care of us. He provides for us. And he gives us little signs that he is there and he is with us. And so he has been communicating with humanity for years. But you know, humanity, we always kind of get things messed up sometimes. We, we, uh, we get to the point where we, uh, we try to hear what God is saying and, and we think he's saying one thing and, and we take things out of context and we don't really look at what he's saying through the whole scope of the Bible. And so we take those things out of context and we misinterpret what God uh, is, is trying to tell us. You know, it's really uh, similar to, to text messaging. You know, you could, you could send a text message and different people will, will have a different take on that. And my wife and I, we have six kids. And so of those six kids, those kids will, will, will have a different response to a text message. So let's say, hypothetically, if I sent this text message, just simply said, I love you. And if I send that to each of my kids, now not all my kids have, have smartphones, okay? They don't, all my kids don't have phones, but if I, if I were to send that to each of my kids and they had a, a, a smartphone and I sent that message to them individually, the responses would be different because they're all different. Take for example, Madison, if I were to send that text, I love you, she would send a text back reply and say, Dad, are you okay? Are you in a car accident and these are your last words to me? She's sort of that protective, you know, mother hen kind of, you know, kind of deal. You know, uh, Landon, he would be, if I were to text, I love you, he would say something like, 
okay, since you love me, can I go to the party on Friday night? <laughs> you know? If I were to say, I, I text I love you to Logan, Logan would say probably something like, Jesus loves you too, Dad. <laughs> if, I were to say, if I were to text I love you to Lawson, Lawson would probably say something like, Dad, you sent that message in the middle of class and all these girls saw, and I'm totally embarrassed. <laughs> if I sent I love you uh, message, text message to Marion, she would simply say, who is this? If I were to send that text message, I love you, to Lincoln, uh, I would get a reply back saying something like, uh, this isn't Lincoln, but I found this phone in the parking lot. <laughs> so we have, you, there's all kinds of different interpretations of what God is trying to say, but, but when you study God's word, you want to look at the full breadth of, of, of his word. And so that's one of the reasons why throughout the last 18 months, we as a church, we have been going through the Bible through some main characters and hanging, around, hanging out with some main characters to where they, we can get an idea of what they were going through and how God was speaking to them. And when he's speaking to them and is recording in God's word, he's also speaking to us. And so if we use the, the word of God to get the full scope of what he is saying, then we can get a good blueprint of Christmas. Well, today, in this first week, we're going to start all the way back to creation. In fact, we're going to start even before creation. Now, you may be saying, how in the world can we start before creation when uh, the Bible starts off in the beginning God created well, you, you can actually turn to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to be in John today, and then we're also going to be in Genesis. So we're going to be in John, chapter 1, a few verses, and then we're going to be in Genesis, chapter 1, and then we're going to skip over to chapter 3 uh, on that. But the words will be on the screen. So look what John says. He, obviously, John was a, was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of the, uh, one of the closest disciples of uh, Jesus, and he claimed that, you know, uh, he, that, Jesus, that John was a disciple that, that Jesus loved. Uh, he claims that. And so in uh, verse 1, uh, John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, it doesn't say in the beginning was create, God created. That's, that's Genesis 1.1. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. Now, in my Bible... The word word is capitalized, like on your screen, okay? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, so when it says the word and it's a capital W, it, that's, I mean, that's a proper noun. So what is, why is that, that proper noun there and why is it capitalized? We see this in verse 14, same chapter. The word, capital W, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John tells us, Look, the word is Jesus. Jesus was a manifestation of God's word. And, I can, and, and the reason I believe that, not just because it's in the Bible, but think about this. John was a disciple, a very close disciple of Jesus, spent a lot of time together, spent three years together. 
They did everything together. I can just imagine. Now, this isn't written in God's word. We're you, you, hypothetically thinking, but you can imagine. Some, maybe there are some conversations that John had with Jesus. So, Jesus, so tell me about this, about this creation thing. You know, Genesis, it talks about in the beginning, God created. So, so if you're God's son, were you, were you there at that? How, how was that? And, and so I'm sure Jesus explained this to John. So this isn't something that John is making up. This is stuff that, that John has heard through Jesus. And, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, talking through him and speaking to him. And so he tells us that Jesus is the word, the capital W. So it says all things, back in, in verse 3, it says all things were made through him. So so what, do, what does it mean that all, all things were made through him? Well, let's go to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. So if we look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So you have this beginning of creation. And, and back in John 1, 3, said all things were created through him, through the word, who was the word, Jesus. So verse 6, Genesis 1. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. Verse 9. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. Verse 11. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. Verse 14. And God said, let there be light and lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Verse 20, and God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. Verse 24, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind, and it was so. Nowhere in all of that passage that we just read does it say that God used his hands and formed these things. He spoke things into existence. Now, if, if John is saying that Jesus is the word and the word was there, everything was created through him, what, that, what I believe that's telling us is that you have God who, has, who, who thinks and creates in his mind. I mean, you have the whole trinity. You have God, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So you have this trinity. They're all connected. But God imagines creation but who forms it? Who speaks it? Jesus. Jesus was a word. Now, one, one, one reason we can know this is that there's proof 
that Jesus has power over creation because we see this when he came on the earth. The, the storm, the storm when he's on the boat, peace be still. He speaks it. The, the Roman centurion, Jesus, my, my servant is suffering. Just say what? The word and he will be healed. About 17 miles, Jesus was about 17 or 18 miles from where the centurion servant was home dying. He spoke the word and healed the servant. Lazarus, he didn't, he didn't go out there and roll the stone by himself and, and go in there and shake Lazarus up and, or, or do, he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. And so Jesus proved that he, he has power of creation. And, and, and because he spoke that here on earth, he also spoke those things into existence. And I believe that all along, that the plan all along, when God created the heavens and the earth and, and, and there were Jesus and, and mankind, and I believe that the plan all along was Jesus was going down to the earth because they knew. They foreknew what was going to happen. It was God's plan all along. So God's, we, we see this idea that, that the idea, the thought, creation coming from God and Jesus speaking into existence. It's like God saying, Jesus, why don't you create this because you're the one that's going to be walking on the ground. You're going to be one who's feeling the water, who's feeling the cold. You're going to be there with the people, interacting with the people. Why don't you speak it into existence? Why don't you speak it into existence? You know, my, my brother and I, I only have, only have one sibling, and, and, and growing up uh, in the preteen time, he and I would just go and play in the woods. Like, we would just We'd be gone all day long. And we, we came across this old, uh, I guess this, this old uh, uh, barn that was sort of dilapidated. And so what we did is we, we made it into a clubhouse. It was deep in the woods. You know, we had no idea who owned it. We didn't care. And so we got some wood from other friends, and, and we took apart part of our garage and, you know, moved that wood over into the woods and, and kind of made. And, and so it was, it was our clubhouse. We even put a sign on it, the Bennett Boys, you know. And, and so, but, but we created it. We created it, and, and, and we, it was ours. We were there. And so we were, we were, we were proud of it. We were, we were like, man, this is, this is ours. We, we fixed this up. It's like God, God imagining creation, speaking all those details of Christ and Jesus speaking that into existence. So Christmas began at creation because Jesus was there in that. Jesus was a physical manifestation of God's word. You know, Jesus and God, I believe, knew all along that they would have to do that. It's kind of like when we have kids. When you're pregnant and you have kids and, and you know that you're gonna bring this child into the world, <coughs> you know that that child is not 
going to live a perfect life. You know that you're going to have to get onto the child. You're going to have to discipline the child. You're going to have to guide that child. You know that because there's free will. God and Jesus knew that when they made, when they made creation and they put man kind on the earth. They knew that they were going to have to redeem mankind. But what, what better way to show love than to rescue, to rescue someone from the claws of sin and shame and death? So Jesus was, was there at creation, creating things, speaking things into existence. Uh, we, we can look uh, even further. Jesus is there at the creation of mankind in Genesis 1, uh, 26 and 27. We, uh, we see this. Then God said, let us, that's plural, last time I checked, let us make mankind in our, plural, image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You can't get much clearer than that. He created them. And it's really interesting. Uh, you know, he didn't speak mankind into existence. When it came to us, he formed us from the dust. He formed us with his hands. He's like, you know, I don't want to just speak into this. I, I, I want to I form this because this is special. And then he breathed life into mankind. But going back to that verse, it talks about they're gonna, we're going to make mankind in our image. And God, God is talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the image there really, the, the best word for image really is reflection. It really should be, ref, uh, be reflection. Because it's not necessarily in the image, like the, not the physical being, but a reflection of who they are. You and I were created to be a reflection. Uh, take, for example, the moon. Uh, the moon at night, it, ha it has light. But can I tell you something? That moon does not give light. It's not a source of light. And I know all you Alabama fans are like, whoa, I didn't know that. You know, but yeah. So, so the, the, the moon, the moon is not a source of light, it's what a reflection of light. It's a reflection of a greater light. What's the greater light? The sun. The moon only reflects the light of the sun. You and I were created to reflect the light of the sun, the son of God. You know, many times as believers, we want to do all these good things to make us feel good about ourselves. We want to be our own light. But if all we're doing is just being our own light and, and doing good things to people, we're just a nonprofit organization. I don't want to be a nonprofit organization. I want to be the bride of Christ. 
And in in order to be the bride of Christ, we've got to reflect his light. Got to reflect his light. In other words, everything we do, like this Saturday, Hope for Christmas, we're not doing it to feel good about ourselves. We're doing it to reflect the light of Christ. Do you know this Saturday, we're actually going to share the gospel message to people? We're doing it for a, a, a bigger light, a greater light, a greater purpose. And so Jesus was there at creation because let us make him in our image and we were created to be a reflection of a greater light and that is Jesus. So Jesus is there speaking in the creation. Jesus is there creating a part of man. Let's make him in our image. And more importantly, Jesus is there at the fall, at the fall of man. You know, do you realize that the fall of man, kind, you know, the, the whole, you know, we say the apple and the tree and Satan and tempting Eve and all that stuff. You're, you're familiar with that story. You know, that happens in chapter three in God's word. Isn't that unbelievable? God's like this beautiful, incredible creation. Ah, and then boom, chapter three, it's gone. It's like, what in the world happened? In God's mind, he's, he's thinking, this is, this is the plan. We, we created mankind with free will because a person with free will, when they worship something, it's deep purpose and it's love. I'm gonna show my love to them, but they're gonna show their love back to me. And so the fall of mankind in sin was something that didn't cause that, of course, but they, but they foreknew it was going to happen. Chapter three, Jesus was there to be with Adam and Eve. We see this in chapter three, verse 14 through 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, this is after, after they've been caught, Adam and Eve, and, and they, they know what's going on. So he's telling the devil, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and he will strike his, and you will strike his heel. It's interesting when when God is speaking to this, he's telling Satan, the, the seed of the woman is going to strike your head. Now, when we look back on God's word, we see that the seed of an offspring and the, the genealogy of a family is traced through the man, the, 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 the male of a family. It's like, you know, ladies, when you get married, that's, that's why you take the last name of, of the male, of your husband. And so we, all throughout the Bible, you see that there, I mean, you, you read Matthew, the book of Matthew, the beginning. You see all of the, the, the genealogy of Jesus going through all of these, 
these males, and you, and you look at through, through uh, Abraham and, and all that we've studied over the past 18 months, we can trace the family through the male. Here, he doesn't mention male at all. He mentions woman. You know why? He mentions the seed of the woman. We have here the very first time, chapter 3 in God's word, a, a, a prophetic message of a virgin birth, the seed of the woman. It's not seed of Joseph, the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman will strike your head. And of course, we see that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took sin, captured it, and sin died with him on the cross. But he rose victorious, and that is a sign of, of Jesus striking and crushing the head of the serpent. And so we see elements and traces of Christmas all the way back in the creation of nature, the creation of mankind, and the fall of mankind. Chapter three, we see Jesus and the whole plan beginning to be mapped out as a, <clears throat> as a blueprint for constructing Christmas. So God had been constructing Christmas for a very, very long time. Now let's bring this home to us. Let's bring this home to us. You may be sitting here thinking, you know, Frank, what, is, what does this have to do with me? Can I tell you something? If, if, if God had been constructing Christmas since Genesis chapter 3, and Jesus didn't even come on board until the New Testament, don't you think that he has a wonderful plan that he is constructing for you and your life. He does. You may be sitting here today and say, you know, Frank, I, I feel like Adam. I feel like Eve. I have made mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. And I, I, I just, I don't know if, if, if I can be redeemed from that. Can I tell you something? Yes, you can be redeemed. Because it was all part of God's plan. It wasn't just, it didn't catch God by surprise. Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Freak out. No, it was planned. They knew it was gonna happen. And Jesus spoke creation into existence. Think, you know, one of these days I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk by that Sea of Galilee that I just created. In fact, I'm gonna walk on <laughs> the Sea of Galilee that I just spoke into existence. You know, mankind, as we formed man in our images to be a reflection of, of the light that comes from the throne of God, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch mankind. I'm gonna be in the womb of a woman. And so, it was, it was all part of the plan. Can I tell you something that's, that's might blow your mind a little bit? 
the mistakes you may have made, whatever they are, some are big, some are small. You may think they're big and small in your own mind, whatever. The mistakes you may have made. Can I tell you something? When God formed you in your mother's womb, he knew those mistakes were gonna come in part of your life, but he still created you. He still created you. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I'm not saying he, he caused those things. That's just natural sin that comes into the world. But, but he still created you knowing that you fall flat on your face. And that is grace. He showed his grace even before you were born. And so if you're sitting here today and you have, you're just kind of feeling down because of things you may have done in your life, just know this. Jesus is there ready to redeem. But what a great time, what a great season to just give your heart to Jesus, to give your heart to Jesus, so to fully be bought in. Say, Frank, I, I, I feel like I'm the moon, but I'm not giving any light. I'm not being a reflection at all. You need a, you need to be a reflection of Christ. I need that light. I need to be his reflection. Jesus is here today. And he wants, to, he wants to do that today, right now. Right here. Right now. So here's what we're gonna do. We got a few minutes. We got time. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna have this altar is gonna be open. The band's not gonna sing. We're just gonna, we're just gonna sit here as the piano plays. And, and, if, and I'm going to be down here and, and if you want to pray with me you can but the altar is open you can come down here and just say God help me be a reflection of you help me to be a reflection of you or you may say Lord I've fallen and I, I just I need redemption or you may want to step in the place of somebody. Maybe there's someone in your life that you have a burden for this Christmas. And you're like, this person needs Jesus. This person has lost the light. They are not a reflection. So maybe you want to come down and stand in the gap for them.